When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to Sex, Psychics and Psychedelics, Discovering Inner Liberation. My name is Banana Jane Garnett. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a lover of freedom and a relentless explorer of the mind. Please come join me on my journey in hot pursuit of inner illumination and liberation. For more about me, you can find me at the Banana Jane on Instagram. Now let's dive in. Eddie Connor is a soul intuitive, a radio host, an author, a humorist, and a keynote speaker. He has been celebrated by CBS as one of the best psychics and mediums in Los Angeles. He is certainly renowned as a celebrity psychic, but perhaps more interesting still is his journey to get there. Eddie had a rocky start in a very poor home in rural North Carolina. He was beaten by his father and had to witness abuse that I have decided not to share on this podcast. Suffice it to say, he has risen beautifully out of some real muck and he will be sharing on this podcast some pretty wild stories. So you're still going to have a ride. We're all still going to have a ride when it comes to Eddie. I hope you enjoy him as much as I do. Eddie. Oh my God. <laughs> I've been so excited about talking to you. I'm excited. We're going to, I promise we're going to have fun. I've got my tea. You really inspired me when, I mean, we've only had one session together and it really lit something in me. You really helped me connect some dots. Oh, you're so kind. How did you get to be where you are today, which is a, a celebrated psychic? I had so many otherworldly experiences as a kid growing up to the point where as when I became a teenager, I was literally like, please take this away from me. It scares me to death. So I'm psychic. My mom is psychic and her mother is psychic. Oh, wow. Give me an example of one of those experiences that you had. When I was in elementary school, I was on a bus going to school and they were putting in a new road. So they were bulldozing all of this earth to make a, a road where one didn't exist that was about as high as a bridge. Uh, if you were crossing a bridge and you looked down, that's about the height. And our school bus was going across the freshly paved dirt before they ever paved the road. And I was just looking down like this at how far down it was on the way to school. And as clear as a bell, a man's voice very calmly said, leave school after lunch today. And I looked around. There were no men on my bus. The bus driver was a woman. And the rest of us were elementary school kids. And 
I was just like, I, and I was too introverted to say, did you hear that? So I just kept looking out the window and was watching the men going like this, trying to get us across. And they were like this. And I thought, wow. And then I looked back out the window. And then a second time is clear and stronger outside of me. Leave school after lunch today. So went to school, completely forgot about it, ate lunch, and then it popped back in my mind. And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to fake like I'm sick. And then I just started crying. And the teacher came over and she said, what's the matter? I said, I'm sick. And I thought I was sick. And she took me to the office. They called my mom. My mom came and took me to my grandma's house. Grandma put me outside under two oak trees on a pallet of wood by the garden near the outhouse in a five-gallon bucket of green beans. And I was to string the beans because she ain't going to you know, pass up any free labor. <laughs> And so I'm outside under the trees and I love trees. I love the earth. I was barefooted. I was in nature and I'm snapping peas. And my grandma comes out of the house and you don't look my grandma in the eye because she is mean as a snake, which my mama left when she was 15 years old. And I hear her, I hear the back door slam on this old house and I just kept my head down snapping and she come all the way over. I kept snapping and she said, hand on the hip. What bus do you ride? And I said, ma'am, she's like, what bus number do you ride? And I told her my bus number. And she said, I knew you weren't sick today. And I said, ma'am, she said, I knew you weren't sick today. And I didn't say a word. I just kept snapping, wouldn't look up at her. And she said, your bus just fell off a cliff. (sighs) And she turned around, walked right back in the house. And that was it. She never told mama because I thought I was going to be in trouble. And we went home and that was the end of that. So stuff like that happened all the time. And when you asked for it to be shut down or you wanted it to be shut down, was that because you were scared of having that much power? How? Yeah, I thought, again, it was something I was doing wrong. Uh, and my grandma was psychic. I didn't want to be anything like her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My mom was psychic. I wanted to be nothing but her. Mm. So I'm torn. And what I kept getting were bad things. Buses turning over, ambulances coming, fire trucks, people falling through plate glass windows, car wrecks. I just kept getting bad stuff because I grew up in a volatile family and I didn't understand the law of attraction. Yeah. I didn't understand that if you kept talking about what you don't want, you're going to keep getting more of it. So in high school, I said, I don't want it anymore. And it went away. And then when I was 20 years old, borrowing my aunt's girlfriend's car to pick up the kids to babysit that night for extra money. I was driving their station wagon around the block and somebody ran a red light. And this is weird because I was, the kids were supposed to be in the car with me. And I told Lee, my boyfriend at the time, I was like, go in and meet with Shirley, my aunt and Karen and tell them I'm driving the car around the block. So the kids don't have to cross the street to get in the car. And I took the car around the block. Somebody ran a red light going 60 miles an hour through a 35, broadsided me in a station wagon, T-boned it. Everybody thought I was dead. I came up out of the car, was hanging up above, looking down at my body. My body was somehow compacted in the passenger's floorboard. And there was busted glass everywhere. So I could see the light from the sun hitting the busted glass. It was very pretty. No pain whatsoever. Any thought while you were up there? Every thought was, I love my dad. Mm. 
I understand my mom. I love my grandma. I love my stepdad. My life is not supposed to be in a textile meal. I'm supposed to be honoring the light that I was floating around in up there, that we all have light. We are light first, that I picked this life. I remembered my twin sister that died in utero. She and I would play together till I was 10 years old. And she never came back after my baby brother was born. I was carrying all of this suppressed rage, hurt, sadness, anger, and feeling of injustice, unfairness, white trashism, all of that. And as soon as she hit me and I was out of my body and up here, all I felt was love. I understood every single person's part in my life that made my life a living hell, even my boyfriend at the time, and that I was not a victim and that you can elevate up and out of it. And these are the ways to do it. And then I was back in my body. I'll never forget it. They're pulling me out of the floorboard. There's hundreds of people standing around because one of the factories had let out their shift and there were hundreds of people there. And nobody could believe I was alive, including me. And all I kept saying was, were the kids or the kids safe or the kids safe? And he said, there's no kids in this car. And I was just so discombobulated. And from that moment on, Lee and I broke up six months later. I moved from High Point, North Carolina to Raleigh, Durham. I moved from an oppressive town for me, 20 years of it. And then I moved to a liberated, open-minded, spiritual intuition is a normal thing. We all have it. Environment. And blew my psychic doors and windows flew open the day I was hit by the car. Mm. It, it was crazy. Yeah, that's talking to you is just sort of like, hold on a second, let me bear my soul. Wait, there's more in my heart. Oh, good. Well, you have a beautiful soul and heart. I could sit here all day listening. It's really amazing to hear these stories. I wonder if it's the DMT. You know, there's these these pre. I mean, you obviously were wildly spiritually inclined, but you know, there's the pre death experiences where you can get that kind of clarity on life. And then there's, I don't know if you've ever taken DMT, but uh, I think, you know, it puts you in that same state sort of between birth and death. I don't think you need it. You've probably had enough naturally, but I've taken it. There are two different kinds. You can take it from the the toad. That's 5-MAO DMT. And then there's a DMT that you can smoke and they both take you into kind of death experiences. Hearing you tell that story made me think about that experience where it kind of like you go through a a sort of death of your previous life, your physical body and your spirit is completely released into so much love that the idea of being in conflict with an individual is just, it's moot, right? And, and you know, what is powerful enough to do that but the state of love? I mean, the fact that you could have gone through such abysmal shit with that guy who was your father and still reached a point where you could experience your love for him is truly a miracle. And I just want that medicine to just spread all over the world. <laughs> I just love it. It's so, it's so amazing. I mean, it's like, we're talking about spontaneous forgiveness. Uh, and that's, that's exactly what it was. And then it was, I felt like I had anvils and concrete all on my body when I came back because the levity of the light versus the belief systems in my body about life mm. itself 
it was the contrast was ridiculous. And you'd be just been physically mangled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, blessed are the cracked and the mangled, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think. Have you seen that Ram Dass documentary about him kind of dealing with with life after a stroke and just sort of being at the end of life and being in the state of being completely kind of physically sort of fractured and crumbled you know you can't really do anything for yourself he couldn't get in and out of a car by himself but because he's such a sort of spiritual dude he just opened out into you know a state of really welcoming the unknown and the portal that pain can be and you know just sort of being in transition which is kind of an extreme example I think of what we are all the time um, which is a hard concept to to stay abreast of, right? There are moments you can really connect with the idea that we're all in a state of kind of constant change and, and growth and potential opening. And, and then, you know, back in attachment, you know, damn, we can't make this dish for dinner or I, you know, my relationship isn't working out or this thing that I wanted, I'm not getting or, you know, just human attachment. But it's fascinating that you used him as an example because mm. when I moved from where I lived, the town, small town I grew up into, the, the spiritual town here, he was the first spiritual teacher oh. I went to see at Duke University. And he was doing a big lecture. And I never in my entire life, I'd never seen people come to sit in an auditorium to hear a person sit and talk in my whole life. Wow. And my best friend at the time, you know, he's a very sophisticated, intellectually evolved being on top of being spiritual. So he was using vernacular and vocabulary I'd never heard in my life. But I was following it inside in my heart. And my best friend was like, girl, you don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> and I said, but it feels right. You did know what he was saying. Actually. I really yeah. did. I was yeah. taking it in and through my filter yeah. on high. And he was my very first enclave into that whole universe that I've lived in since. Mm, mm. I've been thinking a lot about why I see psychics. And I guess for me, the big pro of seeing psychics is that the imagination is stoked by the possibilities that the psychic can lay out. Now, I would say, you know, a a good psychic will look into kind of optimal possibilities and lay them out there for the client. And then the client's eyes can get, you know, widened, the lights can get switched on and there's this feeling, oh, maybe I could see myself doing that or maybe not exactly that, but something like that. And, uh, you know, so there's sort of the maybes and the why nots and the possibilities are starting to get switched on and and I and the jazz hands, right? That the reminder of this is your life, it's your movie, you get to create it. Dream again. You know, adults forget to dream and 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 reach. I guess it feels too vulnerable. I, I don't know. Or maybe we just forget that we have all of this possibility right in front of us. I know for me to even get to this stage, to this conversation that I'm having with you and to kind of believe in it, I've had to go through quite a lot of kind of digging and the painful process of reconnecting with dreams that I had buried for a reason. You know, there are things that I love that I thought I couldn't have. So I'll just 
push them into the background. And then through my kind of psychedelic explorations and therapy and healing and searching and psychics, I've sort of started to get more real with myself and see that I do have these dreams and I can't control where things land, but I can honor them in some way. So I don't know, I'm, I'm learning about all this, but what's your response? My response is, it is vulnerable to pursue your dreams because we're almost taught not to anymore. In creativity, artistic expression, and almost anything off the beaten path is not uh, massaged and stimulated into the consciousness of people anymore, especially young people. It is like go to college, do this, get the degree. and. We're trained almost away from our instincts, our intuition, which is a form of common sense, by the way. And I hate to say it, there's not a lot of common sense anymore. And I feel like structured education is trained us out of that. Thank you. They just said what humans are going to find out very, very soon is almost everything we've ever been taught is a lie. And thank you. They said the reason you like to see psychics and readers and intuitives is because they re-remind you of things that while you were fixing the casserole and checking on your clients that you forgot to stoke and massage and stimulate. And they remind you of your purpose. It took me getting hit by a damn Fiat at 65 miles an hour through a red light when I was 20 years old to re-remember it. And you've had your hard knocks too. Um, Other intuitives, other books, um, other... Shirley McLean set me on a path. And and help me walk a fine line between this is my full-time job working nine to five as a visual marketing designer for a department store dress and mannequins. And over here, I'm going to be the intuitive, the dancer in the cage, the choreographer, and the national rifle champion. So I'm going to play the part over here like over here, like I'm normal, but over here, if I don't express this part of myself, I feel like I'm dying every day. And what I feel about what you said is you're looking for continued life force within yourself every day and how to integrate your imagination and intuition creatively as one dozens in daily life. And you doing that one person at a time, one conversation at a time, one hypothesis at a time to have your ding, 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 ding moments to put you on the next path, to put you on the next trajectory. Also, they're saying the way we have known the world our whole lives is also getting ready to change for the better, not this new normal BS that people love to spew on mainstream media to program people that don't know how to program themselves. See, child, listen, you know how to program yourself. You're like, I will download myself with rainbow, sunshine, and unicorns, okay? I'm getting there. It's a new thing, actually. but it is it's the oldest thing in the universe. Yeah. It's, oh, it's who you know you already are and you're refamiliarizing your human apparatus with what you always knew that you knew that you knew and you're playing with it, which is the best way to integrate the left and right hemispheres of the brain so that your heart chakra blows wide open and you're like, connect, 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 mm. connect. Actually, I want to just share a moment with you because I think I never really had a solid sense of identity. I don't know if I ever will, but I had a breakthrough moment and it wasn't that many years ago where I actually came through through costumes. Funnily enough, I'd come back from Burning Man and I had my costumes on the floor and there were four costumes and I just kept looking at them. 
they were sort of laid out in a grid. I, I was sort of having this revelatory moment where I was seeing this, it was sort of an organizational moment. I've never felt like an organized person. And I saw that each outfit corresponded to something I really love. So it was like a map of my heart made in costumes. And then the thought came with that, well, how about that's enough? All you have to do is follow these four paths, keep feeding them, keep feeding what you love, keep growing what you love, keep nurturing what you love and let it be. And that was a really, really, really helpful moment because it it shifted the emphasis from sort of finding myself, you know, as though that ever happens in some sort of final way. I mean, I think we have sort of epiphanic moments, but but this idea of sort of this, this you know, introverted finding myself at the end of a long tunnel kind of thing to finding a way forwards that is lived from the heart. The image I get when you're having that realization and integration of the light, you, the soul, you, and the human, you, you're, you're, you're first of all, you kept using the word heart. Mm. Anytime you're doing anything that opens the heart, you have access to us unconditionally. What's us? Us, your guides, angels, and teachers. When you say thank you, I hear you, you know, you, you, you're taking a note from on high or, or something that feels like it's a little higher. Is that, who is that? Those are my spirit guides. Okay. And angels. And sometimes it's your pre-birth planning group. Sometimes it's your soul pod. Sometimes it is your council of elders. Do you know who it is? Can you see when you're taking these quick dictations? Is it? I think of them as a group consciousness. Uh, and I have one primary guy named Benjamin and another one that came in in my 20s, Zoroaster. Wow. Um, but there are, there are a bunch. We all have, you have a bunch because you're not of earth anyway. And so you're kind of like your agreement with them and them with you is whenever you need us, call us. Okay, so how do I talk to my guides? How do I uh, cultivate this relationship? What's the most respectful way to do it? That's such a good question. So when you were standing there looking at each of the costumes, you started expanding. And you, you thought it was your brain, your left brain. But it's kind of like, wait a minute here. There is a continuous theme that I did not know to think about until I saw it in front of my eyes. And by the time you finished that awareness, they were around you, your guides, your angels, your pre-birth planning group, your council of elders to re-remind you of the most important components on earth for you in this lifetime, which keep coming back to love. So even in costume, you're putting on a persona that you utilize from your imagination, which was married to your intuition, while you're wearing these costumes at a place called Burning Man with the music and all of the other deliciousness that goes with it that makes it otherworldly. And you're summoning that stuff on high through you so that your costume is provoking, evoking, and massaging and stimulating the heart of other people, the soul of other people around you. And so you're just fulfilling what you came here to do. You're a channel and a catalyst to connect people back to love and light. Okay, because I've been having a lot of questions recently about, you know, truth telling and the intersection of kindness and truth. And is it better just to stay quiet sometimes genuinely as, as fun as it is to just open your mouth and let the truth spill out when you feel like you have it? 
I don't know. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> person by person by person by person. One of my two favorite words together is soul couture. Every reading I do is coutured to the soul of the person I'm reading for. And I've said this every time I do a reading almost, I'm only as good as the person in front of me. So if you're coming to the table with rainbow, sunshine, unicorns, and connection to light in an open mind and open heart, you're going to shut me up. Mm, good. Because I, I can't talk fast enough to tell you what's there for you. If the person in front of me or you is only open this much and they can only hear this much of the truth via their way of interpreting that truth, then that's all you give them. Because anything else is wasted. It's almost cognitive dissonance past this point. Yeah, I mean, that's pragmatics, isn't it? It's top plate. It's like, you know, I, the clients who come and see me, it's just a wild range of uh, what people are, are open to. And sometimes it, all you can do is just offer one thought or one piece of consolation and other people just like the woman who connected us, you know, super beautiful, open person who can just gobble up learning and just keep going. That's right. And it's really, it's really fun working with people like that. I have to say it's really Because that takes you to a, a more expanded heaven on earth within yourself. So it's kind of like that heaven in you resonates with the heaven in me. Well, the heaven in me is connected to the heaven in you. Well, that's crazy because I thought the heaven in me was connected to the heaven in you. Mm. And so you just keep having these, what I call energetic, multiple orgasmic combustion point frequencies, <laughs> where it's like a soul layering and that's where goosebumps come from. That's where conversations like this comes from. And I, I, I love humility. I love humble people. I also love humble people who shine unconditionally while being of service to others because they are starting to expand anew. And anytime you see a flower burst through the pavement, that's a miracle. And what you just articulated is a form of a miracle. And what is a miracle is changing your perception from down here to up here, from fear to love. It's expanded awareness. It is so good. They're laughing. They're saying, Eddie, you forgot the question. The question was, how can I use my intuition on a daily basis? Ah. So it's like, you're already using your intuition. You're already aware of the inner guidance system. You're already as an intuitive being who listens and receives and perceives her inner guidance system, you know, when it's appropriate to share A and not to share B. Not always. I definitely put my foot in it. Well, that's good because that, you know what they said when you said that? Mm. Yes, she does. Sometimes we take her foot and put it in it for her. Oh, really? Tell me why. What's the function? <laughs> because she wants to learn quick. Got it. Uh, I have to make mistakes. Yeah. Your favorite thing is the school of hard knocks. Oh, come it's, on. Really? For this reason, for you, it creates a kinesthetic experience where it's like, oh, oh, oh I'm not going to touch a hot stove again. Not right. Yet. And then, then it gives you some simplified principles and antidotes to share with your clients. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've always got to, truthfully, it just, it just came to me as you were talking about it. Like, we've always got to have one at least part of one foot connected to the shit, right? The Achilles heel. Like you gotta, gotta stay connected. And it's a funny thing. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of therapists would agree, but like I do my best therapy when I'm really just feeling like shit, you know? 
And then I just, it's just so much easier to be in that compassion. It's actually harder to be in real compassion when you're in, well, when you're just having a ball, living your fantasy, who cares? (laughs) But when you're down here on earth, just suffering away, then it just feels great to just open your heart to another individual and hold hands and say, yes, and I understand and give them the love that you wish someone was giving you in that moment. What's getting ready to be opened and unfolded is the reason we came to earth during this timeline, because there's going to be truth exposed. And some of it's ugly, some of it's ugly, but most of it is beautiful. And the, most everything we were taught in structured education is this much compared to what it really is. We've been trained and taught to dumb down our greatness. And that is all changing within one to three years from this podcast to where this is where we were. This is where we were. This is where we hope to get in life. But then here got pushed down. There's never been as much desire on planet Earth right now to blow out of this oppressive thing called the pandemic to get back to what's important. So all of our patterns also came to a stop for 11 months. So it causes, it forces you to think differently, to be differently, to perceive differently. And then you start getting aware of the contradictions going around. And anytime there's a lot of contradictions, what happens? Somebody's not telling the truth somewhere because truth is simple. Truth is light. So what's getting ready to come out of this? We didn't get to go to here. This is where we were. We got pushed down. Truth, 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 truth. Truth, 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 like you ain't never seen before. Eddie, I don't know how to say thank you enough. You just leave me feeling so inspired and I feel like you just share the most wonderful energy and insight. I'm not as intelligent or sophisticated as you are with your delicious, beautiful words. I feel bubbly. I feel like those little bubbles in a champagne glass that come to the surface. I feel twinkly. Thank you so much, my love. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you, thank you. Talking of bubbly and twinkly, Eddie always leaves me feeling high. Is he a drug or just the right kind of medicine? I wish I could have included more from our conversation, like the long cage dancing description he gave me. However, I feel like that will have to wait for another episode, perhaps in the sex or definitely sexy section. Thank you, Eddie, for being a sexy psychic after my own heart. Thank you for listening and join me for the next one.